Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My name is Jane. My name's Kat. And this is Made You Look, a podcast where we make each other watch episodes of our favourite TV shows in order to try and figure out why it is that we love the things that we love. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is a mystery, and in this case it might continue to be so. This will always be a mystery to me, (laughs) but... That's okay. That's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are currently in the middle of our sixth season of Made You Look, mm-hmm. and we are doing Hindsight. Taking a look back at some of the shows we've already tried to get the other to watch, and uh, seeing if we could maybe pick a different episode this time around to really get to the heart of why we adore these shows. Yeah, or maybe something that might appeal to the other person. Mm, it than... is a tough question or choice sometimes. Yes. Do you pick the things that really showcase why you love it, or do you pick something that will actually showcase what you think the other person might like in the show? That was the toughest thing for me to decide this time around, actually. I'm sure it was, and I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about <laughs> in in this. It's interesting because, um, actually, let's introduce the show first, and then I'll talk, I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the choice that you made, mm. and, and compared to the choice that you made last time, True. I think we've sort of swapped it a little bit, but anyway. Yes. Okay, so uh, this week I uh, made Jane watch. Smallville. gosh, this song really takes me back. Look, Just... it is a fun theme song. I do enjoy it. I mean, and for a superhero show, somebody save me. It's just a perfect. So Smallville is yes. kind of one of your uh, guilty pleasure, favourite warm blanket show. It was my upbringing, basically. Like, yeah. this was my TV show as a teenager, like, going into adolescence. This is, you know, I remember when it came back from one channel and went on a different channel on the Australian networks. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's back. I haven't seen it in ages. Now it's on Channel 10, <laughs> which did much better advertising, made it way, way more exciting well, than good. NBN that's ever good. did. Or was it Prime? What? I think it was on NBN what originally. What is NBN? Oh, Channel 9. So tell me a little bit of the background about this show, Kurt. Yes. Uh, so uh, this is Smallville. And so Smallville was created in uh, 2001 and ran up until uh, 2011 for a total of 10 seasons. It actually continued ongoing with uh, comic books as season 11, uh, where Batman and Superman were introduced together and characters like that. Very much similar to kind of like the opposite of your show, or sorry, my version of your show, Upgrowing. Upgrowing? Upgrowing? Upgrowing. You know how you upgrew with Buffy? Yes. Yes. Yes, I did upgrow with Buffy, correct. <laughs> um, and so I upgrew a lot with Smallville and this sort of show. Only, you know, going back to it, unlike when you first took me through Buffy as a university student and I was like, oh, this is entertaining. This isn't as 
as entertaining no. when you're not as young. No. It hasn't exactly dated too well. It has not aged particularly well. I mean, it hasn't aged horribly, but I'd probably say it's a similar feeling I get when I watch the uh, uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yeah. That's a bit just... I feel like the equivalent of my, and we may have talked about this at the time when we first did this, as as we mentioned, we have actually discussed these shows before, we can't remember what we talked about, we may repeat ourselves. But we've chosen different episodes. But we've chosen different episodes, so hopefully the topics of conversation will be slightly different. Yes. Either way, I feel like my equivalent to this show for me is Roswell. Right. Which is a show that I really enjoyed at the time, has a lot of potential, and a lot of it speaks to me. But it hasn't aged particularly well, and I know it's sort of B grade. Mm. But I liked the idea of it, and and there's a lot of lot about it that I still go to for nostalgia. Yeah, 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 most definitely. Uh, so it was created uh, by uh, writer and producers uh, Alpha Go and Miles Miller. And so what's interesting about it is that it's well, this isn't interesting. This is quite common knowledge if you're not aware, but if you aren't, it is the uh, young times of Superman when he's growing up. I in... think people know. Not that. everyone knows this. <laughs> think about some some people might be been quite young when this came out. I think I go to 2011 I suppose. Yeah, I, but I mean people know that Smallville is. <laughs> sure, you give the background. So uh, Smallville is a small Kansas country town where uh, Superman is uh, growing up before he became Superman. Uh, one of the uh, key points of the producers when they were creating this, even though initially they tried to pitch basically young Bruce Wayne, a coming of age Batman movie before he became Batman, which I guess has kind of happened in television under the guy of Gotham many years later, uh, but they actually had a policy of no tights, no flights rule. So he was never going to be in spandex or flying around. He would act was trying to bring it back down to the roots of him being a bit more relatable as a teenager in high school. Big old doofus who's just walking through life. On the footy team, <laughs> hanging out with his mates having and occasionally a, saving the world. And having a crush on the head cheerleader. Having a crush on the head cheerleader. Yes. 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 Uh, it's, it's, it's unfortunately quite stereotypical for a teen drama by this time, but it was definitely something that I was like, oh, American high schools, locker rooms, all those kind of fun things. Yeah. And I, I, I really enjoyed, uh, it was very Monster of the Week in the first three seasons. Uh, Kryptonite, you know, the, the green rock thingy, that's his weakness, always ends up being a magical property that can give a monster absolutely anything or some human any sort of power or work really weirdly with time travel or phone lines. There's a lot of different plot lines. They just say Kryptonite can do whatever the hell they want as a writing technique. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but ultimately, um, the show, uh, was claimed to be, uh, one of the longest running science fiction series, but I don't think that's quite accurate with Stargate around the picture. Uh, I mean, Supernatural, I think, wins everything Oh, now, Supernatural anyway. definitely does win everything now. What are they up to? Like season 16 or something? Something like that. It's supposed to be the last one, but oh we'll see what gosh, happens. Oh my gosh, they need to stop. Uh, but uh, a couple of fun facts uh, just before we uh, get into the show context and I'll get a little bit of that, and the episode context is uh, the fact that a character in this season is Jensen Ackles, who you would have seen in the opening. I was so annoyed <laughs> that you gave me an episode without Jensen Ackles, even though he was in the credits. I got a like excited. Yeah, that's why I didn't tell you anything about his character in the context, because he's not even in the episode. Oh, so disappointing. <laughs> he's mentioned by name in one sentence, and I was like, that's not relevant. You don't oh, need to is know that this. Jason? Jason. Yes. I see. I yes. see. So Jensen Ackles is in the fourth season of Smallville, but kind of as a uh, credit, I think this this would have been around the time of Supernatural? Way earlier. Wait, wait, really? When did Supernatural start? Because uh... this is 2005. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then it must have been just before, but he looks a lot younger. He does look so much younger, but he does look quite young in season one. I could have sworn started in like 2005, six or seven, Mm. somewhere in there. Uh, Well, ultimately, uh, he was actually uh, runner up for uh, the original casting against Tom Welling to be Clark Kent in um, Smallville itself. So they were like, hey, we like you. Come in, we'll write you in a role. Yeah, and then he was like, cool, I'm going to do that for a season, and then bye, I'm going to go do the longest-running supernatural, you know, sci-fi TV show ever in history. Oh, I mean, it needs to stop, but I do appreciate it when people, like, tell me, like, there's a really fun musical episode, or this is happening, and they're like, let's watch one more. That's why I stopped watching, because I was sick of the meta-textual. Yeah, it got so meta. Like, yeah. so meta. Uh, so, yeah, it ran from 2005 to 2006 on the WB network, um, Supernatural. So it would have been around the same time. So potentially this was filmed just before. Yeah. Or maybe, like, the pilot before. was filmed in Supernatural and then he went and did this in Smallville as it was, like, picking up. Uh, anyway, he's not even in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but th- I thought that was just a fun fact uh, that was actually about it. Um, yeah. Oh, and the other fun fact, who is unfortunately not a very relevant person in this episode, but Annette O'Toole actually played the original Lana Lang in the Superman 3 movie, uh, where Superman returns to his small town city of Kansas, briefly, in Smallville, uh, in the uh, Christopher Reeves uh, movies. And uh, Annette O'Toole is Martha Kent. Yes, Clark Kent's mom. Yes. Martha. Martha. <laughs> it doesn't. Gosh, Smallville just seems so weird now that that's a thing. I've been seeing um, a lot of memes actually recently because Godzilla and King Kong is going to come out next year. The yeah. movie that they've been building up to. I recently saw Godzilla: King of Monsters, the Did second you? movie. How was that? It was kind of horrible, great. but in a great way. Great. Like I wouldn't have wanted to watch it anywhere else other than a big screen, but I also didn't want to have to pay money to watch it on a big screen. Story of my life. <laughs> It was it was fantastical, but it was ridiculous CGI giant monsters like special effects fighting and yeah. stuff. I mean, of course, the family's plotline was quite weak and it didn't really drive the story. But hey, it was monsters beating up on monsters. It did what it promised to deliver. Great. Not not gonna go see that. Anyway, let's give us some uh, show context and episode context, and then I'll get into my recap. Yes. Okay. Um. Just. Th- quick reason why I brought that up for not completely an irrelevant reason, but I've been seeing a lot of memes about uh, Godzilla and King Kong fighting each other, but the only way they stop fighting each other is one of them screams Martha and that's my mum. Great. (laughs) Anyway. Martha. Okay, so uh, the uh, show context that I gave uh, Jane is that Clark Kent is a baby boy discovered after a meteor shower and adopted by the sweet farming couple, the Kents, and have been growing up in the small town of Smallville under their careful guidance as they discovered he had unusual powers of strength and speed. Clark's current friend group consists of his high school buddies, Pete, a childhood friend, and Chloe, the ambitious reporter in the making, and Lex Luthor, the son of the billionaire type Type Copcoon? I can't spell. The billionaire tycoon, Lionel Luther, who has been working at his father's company, uh, some more regional branches, as a means of becoming a man. Clark met him when Lex basically ran him over with his car, not looking at the road and off a bridge, but was saved by Clark, who barely had a scratch on him and claims that it was lucky that he swerved and just missed him. Clark has always had a crush on Lana Lang, but never gotten too close to her out of fear of the fact that his arrival in the media shower may have killed her parents and left her as an orphan. Great. Yeah, just just, just a little tidbit there to stop you from confessing your true feelings to someone that you may have killed their parents. Yeah. 
So the episode context for the episode I gave Jane is actually in season four, as we mentioned earlier, so this would have been around 2005, um, called Onyx, episode 17. Lex has started getting into the swing of living in Smallville, even helping out Clark's crush Lana as a silent partner in the coffee shop she now manages, and is considered it the closest thing to home since it was originally where her parents first met. He's even started turning around their research divisions to more humanitarian efforts than just profit and military projects. Lionel Luther was put in prison for his own parents' murder, but seemingly turned over a new leaf and has become a philanthropist. I can't say that word. Philanth- philanthropist? Philanthropist. Is it philanthropy? Philanthropy. Philanthropy. Yeah. And you're a philanthropist. Yes. Okay, got it. Thank you. It's philanthropic. Philanthropic. If okay. you have a philanthropic venture or philanthropic deed. Right. It's philanthropy, philanthropist. So he's become one of those. Can you tell I work in the arts? <laughs> I'm not going to try that word again because I think I'll get it wrong. Uh, But uh, he's one of those and he was released um, from prison early and has apparently seen the light to raise money for the needy. By now, Pete, who uh, Clark did confide in as his Superman-to-be, has moved away to live with his mum and to also get out from under Clark's shadow. Chloe has finally discovered Clark's secret powers but decided to continue to play dumb and wait in hopes for him to reveal his true self to her. But after seeing firsthand what the Luthers are capable of, since she helped Lex put his own father, Lionel, in prison, she does not trust anyone in that family, despite how much Clark believes in the ball-headed boy, Lex. Fair enough. There we go. So, yeah, currently uh, Lana is technically dating Jensen Ackles, the coach, the football coach, Jason. Not really relevant to this episode at all. Okay, so... I'm going to give my little recap of the episode. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit ramblier than I'd like it to be, but there's just this show is just bonkers. So <laughs> let's give it a go. So season four, episode 17. 17 on X. Lex is working late in the lab one night with a Dr. Sinclair on a project involving the green media rocks. They zap it with a laser, but when it starts getting too hot, it turns. Look, I thought it would turn purple, but they later on refer to it as black. So sure. Yeah, black. It, it was. It was purple. It was purple. <laughs> uh, it turns purple and reacts strangely. Lex get blasted, gets blasted with purple energy, and then the rock explodes. In the wake of the explosion, we see that Lex has split in two. Clark and Chloe meet Lex at the hospital, and Lex takes Clark to see the experiment he was working on. It's basically an attempt at building hardier crops using green kryptonite, which of course makes Clark sick, so he has to leave. Simultaneously to this happening, Bad Lex visits Dr. Sinclair and tells him that he's split in two. When the doctor reveals that he thinks he could fix this, Lex or Bad Lex kills him. I'm going to refer to them as Bad Lex and Good yeah, Lex. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Chloe sees him as he leaves the hospital. Bad Lex then locks Good Lex in the basement of his house. It's his house, right? It's a mansion. It's his, a giant it's mansion. His mansion. Yeah. yeah. Right. Fun fact: that mansion was actually the same mansion uh, that was in X Men Two: United They Stand. Huh. Great. Uh, so Bad Lex locks lo- Bad Lex locks Good Lex. <laughs> what a tongue twister! Oh. In the basement of his mansion, trapping him in a Damasian iron mask. He continues his reign of awfulness by breaking into Lana's apartment, kissing her, and then telling her that he's closing down the talent and kicking her out. 
Clark and Chloe eventually work out that Lex must have been in two places at once, and after Clark hears about what he did to Lana, he knows what has happened. Clark tells Bad Lex, thinking he's good Lex, and they go to the lab together, where Bad Lex drops a literal entire ceiling on Chloe and Clark's heads. He sees Clark shield Chloe and and then get them out from underneath it and realises finally what Clark is. <gasps> he confronts Clark at the farm with his little green kryptonite ring and they have a little fight. Lex basically says that he wants to use Clark's powers to take over the world and he shoots, shoots Clark's dad when he gets in the way. And then for some reason they leave. So I, I have a huge plot point issue here. We're going to have to get into it. It makes no sense. Why would he leave them there? Anyway. Uh, so then Clark finds good Lex in the basement and frees him, but bad Lex is also there. So they fight again. Good Lex gets involved and bad Lex starts like punching up on him and telling him that he is their soul and their drive. And he's basically the real Lex. Clark uses his heat vision heat vision to superheat the green kryptonite in the ring, turning it black, and they <laughs> and they and that makes the two Lexes merge once more. Lex remembers basically nothing of Bad Lex's experience, which means that obviously Clark's secret is secret once more. And he goes to apologize to Lana, assuring her that his feelings for her, which clearly came to light when Bad Lex kissed her, uh, would never get in the way of his friendship with her. Also, another running plot throughout this is that Good Lex had tried to kind of mend bridges with his father Mm. by offering to host his charity ball. But Bad Lex revokes this and gets into a pissing match with fencing rapiers and he reminds Luther of the darkness inside of him and cuts him on the face and by the end of the episode, Luther has completely turned about and gives up his philanthropic works. Even started wearing darker clothes again. What a what a symbolic <laughs> gesture. So that's that's Smallville. Yeah, yeah. So- I don't sound very excited <laughs> to talk about this, do I? Uh, yeah, so I had a lot of trouble choosing an episode uh, out of the 10 seasons. I didn't want to go too far because, honestly, they just start, like, playing as close to Superman as possible without him wearing tights or flying. Yeah. And ultimately it just, and there are so many episodes where he flies for just an episode, but then loses that ability and then goes back to square one. And I almost picked an episode in season one, which was more about the high school dynamic, the friendship group circles and how they kind of act around each other. But it just felt so, it wasn't the reason. It just wasn't the reason why I was actually watching Smallville. I did enjoy seeing those high school elements, but what I hated was that I realised this episode showed why I like the show so much. I really enjoyed the fact that they show some duality between the two. The fact that it's constantly pitting Lex and Clark against each other with this good and evil, and you know how it's going to end, and normally you think that knowing how something is going to end is not going to make it exciting. But I find it very interesting seeing the journey of how they got there, and the duality that is between Lex good Lex and bad Lex is really fun to see because you get to see a potential of what if he actually was good? What if his future, his destiny isn't actually to be evil, even though it's an inevitable journey? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see what you're doing there. 
Yeah, because I did realize that most of my favorite episodes throughout the entire series were constantly in these moments that they were having these discussions about good and evil and what is a choice, what is nature versus nurture, what is destiny, what is fate, free will and choices and all that shit. And apparently I found that fascinating as a child. Well, look, I find the ideas of those things fascinating. I just like them to be fully realized into a plot that makes sense and is interesting <laughs> and with characters that are, you know, well realized and rounded. It didn't quite do that, did it? It didn't quite do that. <laughs> It's interesting that you chose this one because the last time we did this, yes. you actually picked an episode that in theory should have been really interesting to me. Yes, because it was about a character that you would most likely relate to the most. Yes. And, but it was so focused on her and she had quite a different path that you didn't really get to see her in her own natural environment or act in the way that she normally would have. That's right. I feel like I would. I, I like Chloe in her natural environment. She's mm-hmm. great. She's fun. Um and she was fun in this episode, though she wasn't in it very much. No. And so that was what I was realizing when I was watching this. I forgot how much I realized, that I think, after we did our Game of Thrones episode, when I had a look back at some Smallville stuff, it's like, it kind of does that annoying thing where the writing of like two little plot lines, one character development happens over the course of almost an entire 22 or massively long time, a whole season, all these episodes. And you've got to, like, put all of those beats together just to see, like, one storyline realised. That is not characters. a bad thing. No, but it's a frustrating thing <laughs> when you don't get enough of it in each episode or it isn't related to the other characters in the same journey or they don't kind of work in tandem with one another. Yeah, it is it is nice to kind of have it all come to, like, to have small character beats that grow throughout a season come to a head in an episode where it all can kind of, uh, you know, culminate, mm. basically, in in a change in character or in a realisation or something along those lines, which is what I find that's what Game of Thrones doesn't do. We often don't see the culmination of the long, 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 long character beats or they just, okay, I'll talk about the Game of Thrones finale. But what's good about this show is that generally it doesn't skip the moments that you want to see. It at least shows you those moments. It just takes a fucking long time to get there. Sometimes multiple seasons, not even one. Like this is really in a time where... You know, shows imagine they'll have a long lifespan, don't even consider the possibility they'll get canned after season one. So they just just stretch it all out. Yeah. My gosh, Lana doesn't know until, like, the end of season five. That is so far. Although she seems to understand that some strange thing. Like, she knew what happened with Lex. You're talking about, oh, yes, well. In this episode, yes. by the end of it, she's like, oh, yeah, you were split into two. She She knows that. Side plot of season four, <laughs> Lana is the descendant of a 14th century witch who's after the magic stones of power, which combine together when all three actually make the crystal that becomes Clark's Fortress of Solitude in Antarctica. Great. And so she knows that at this point? No, but she, she's been, she came back in from season four from France where she discovered some stuff and kind of has been possessed and unpossessed and possessed and unpossessed by her so own ancestor. On, she's in on the idea that of like weird shit. weird shit happens. Oh yeah. You, you, you're in on the idea of weird shit after season one of Smallville because like half of your classmates have basically become supervillains by this point and yeah, are now okay. in a mental asylum. Okay. That's yeah. fine. That was one thing I was like, are they, cause when she was talking to Clark, he seemed to be like sort of cagey and like not telling her what he thought was happening with Lex. Mm. Although it was hilarious when you just have the casual line thrown out. Is he having another psychotic break? <laughs> okay, so another... <laughs> I love that. Another psychotic break. Yeah, so I think that was a season three plotline or season two. 
No, I think it was, it was definitely season three, where um, as a younger child, uh, Lex was in uh, had a psychotic break after his younger chi- younger brother was killed, uh-huh. uh, and it's thought that he actually um, murdered him in the crib as a child. Turns out he actually, gosh, this sounds like a freaking soap opera, doesn't it? I love it. Great, <laughs> keep going. So, <laughs> it, what it turns out, and and Lionel Luther had treated him awfully like that for the rest of his life because he kind of was like, "You killed your younger brother. You're a horrible person. We need to try and keep this under wraps. It would destroy the family name." But what the reality was is that his mother, who was you know the the, the nice one in the Luther family, who died quite early on, ended up. Um, killing the baby because she couldn't stand him being raised by Lionel Luther. And Lex Luther took the fall for his mother because he knew that he would be protected at least because he was flesh and blood, whereas the mother was not. Well, that's horrific. Yeah. So that's why he, and then he had a, a repeat of remembering these, these moments. And uh, when he had another moment of potentially having a psychotic break, it was those memories coming to surface. Uh, and Lana was at the forefront of that. Great. Yeah. Great. Complicated history these people have, and it's only season four. Perfect. I love it. Uh, So, okay, where to actually begin in terms of Mm. reviewing this episode? I think I kind of need to talk through uh, some of the plot holes. Yes. I mean, we definitely did that last time right out of the gate with the uh, teaser, I think, of a lab facility that was very easy for a teenager to break into. Oh, boy. <laughs> that In lab. under five minutes. That lab. Also, very easy to just bring down part of the ceiling on somebody. With the click of a button. Click of a button. It's like it was prearranged to fall down in someone's head. I think it was. Like, I think he genuinely got that arranged. I'm sure he rigged it, but still, I'm like, is that just there as a contingency all the time? Like, hmm, I better, you know, pre-rig this in case at some point... Where do we store our rubbish in this place? We don't need bins, just put it up above our heads. It's great. So, I think... I think the biggest place where this episode falls down for me Mm -hmm. is, like, what does Bad Lex want? Mm Mm-hmm. He sort of appears out of nowhere. Obviously, that's the point. And his motives are pretty unclear. It's very villain-esque without motivations. It's extremely just like, let me just go be as villainy as I possibly can. Literally quoting him, I am the villain of the story. Yeah, That was in the teaser for this episode so much. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lex is finally going bad. No, he's just a split personality. I'm, I'm sure it was a very popular teaser. Um, Back you know, in the day. In, in order to misdirect people. So I'm just like, if you want to go take over the world, maybe get out of Smallville. Like... <laughs> Just just go off, change your name. Like, you don't need to be Lex. If you're as smart as you're saying you are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, I couldn't, for ages in this episode, I was sitting there with my head in my hands going like, what is happening? Why are you doing this? I think I literally was yelling this at my <laughs> computer screen. Bear in mind, I had had three-siders. It's been a long <laughs> week. I, I was just sort of like, what are you doing? And then finally he's like, I'm going to use Clark to take over the world. And I was like, cool. Clark's not going to do that. <laughs> you know that, right? Like, they're friends, but 
He's a nice person. Yeah, and just because you've got some kryptonite there, you're not going to be able to control him to do what you want him to do. Mm. That's not. This is not a solid plan. Also, if you wanted to do that, the best way to do that is to subtly manipulate Clark. He's not that bright. No, he's he's, can... he's pretty easy to be manipulated. He's manipulated him twice in that episode already. Exactly. I'm like, you've got to subtly manipulate him into doing your your bidding. You don't rock up with your kryptonite and go like, surprise, I'm evil. Let Here's me my big you. gun. Let me tell you all the ways in which I'm evil. Let me shoot your dad. And then... Okay. Leave. But didn't he want to give him some time to think about it? No, he, that was not what he was doing. No? No. He just shot Jonathan Kent in the Yes, leg. and then left. And I was like, why... Why? Why did you leave? He had he had complete control over that situation. Oh, you think he should have just killed them outright? Well, why didn't he? I think he he wanted Clark. He deep down he still does think of Clark as a friend. But if he's going to be in bad his way, Lex then, does not. No, bad Lex just sees him as a tool, as a pawn. Yeah. So yeah. like, just kill his parents and take Clark. You've got the kryptonite. Just take him and put him in a cage. And put him in a cage, and then start using him to do your bidding. If you wanted him to do your bidding. By, like, not knowing that he was, like, by thinking that it was the right thing to do, then you manipulate him and you don't tell him that you're bad, Lex. But, like, it just made no sense. Okay, it- I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate for one moment, even though this isn't probably the reason why. I think sure. it is genuinely just a plot hole. But given the amount of episodes and knowledge I have of this show... Go for it. Clark has been exposed to red kryptonite before. Lex doesn't know this information, nor bad Lex. Uh, and... It means that when he is exposed to red kryptonite, he kind of goes on his bad boy side. Yeah. And his inhibitions are lowered. It's basically like... Uh, I have actually seen that episode. Yes, yeah, drugs or drinking and kind of just makes him into a leather jacket, sunglasses wearing bad boy in a motorcycle. Great. Yeah. And what happens is that Lex has seen that side of him on occasion, but not seen why <laughs> that happened. Yeah. So I'm giving bad Lex one moment of... I know that Clark isn't all good. Clark has his own bad side too. What if I give him a moment, give him the right nudge or push like my father did to me? By shooting his dad? Yeah, it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. I'm just saying that, like, I can see why he would potentially be like, Clark, you might do this. I don't think he was giving him a choice. No, that he moment. wasn't I don't really think giving he him said, a choice. Like, like come oh, with me, like you know, think about joining my side. There was no talk of that. He's like, you're doing this. Yeah, he was like, I am going to use you to take over the world. I'm pretty sure he literally said those words. I think like, he did. He's not saying, come with me, be on my side, we'll be a team, let's go do this thing. He was just like... Well, he did start off a little bit softer. No, he didn't. He what, started like, off with like, hi, here's some kryptonite. I'm a bad guy. I know who you are. Surprise! It was, like, it was literally softer in tone. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, with my brains and your abilities. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, look, I... I he I'm wasn't just... giving him a choice. It just yeah. made no sense. I just... When they literally cut out of that scene to Clark and his parents in the hospital, I was like... I nearly flipped the table. I was like, <laughs> why? Oh, God. Why would he let them go? What is the point of all of that scene if you just let them go? Mm. What's the point? What, what, are, what are you doing with this plot? Why doesn't this plot work? It doesn't hang together at all. It's sheer nonsense. So moving on from that plot hole. And then, and then why did he let... Clark find Goodlex in the basement. Yeah, what was he doing? I don't know. He was just like waiting in the shadows to do what? 
to get him there, but you had him in the barn. <laughs> like, why do you need to get him to the house? You had him in the barn. You could have just taken him. Mm. Like, what? What? Why? Why give him the opportunity to free Goodlex? Yeah, it's, it's not very good writing in terms of trying to put that situation of having bad Lex and good Lex fight for each other to try and save Clark. They just wanted two action scenes. Yeah. They wanted an action scene with Clark and bad Lex, and they wanted an action scene with good Lex and bad Lex. Why? I mean, it would have been more expensive to film. Because <laughs> you would have had to split screen that shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It just, like, I can deal with bad bad dialogue, which this is, <laughs> and I can deal with, like, bad special effects, which this is. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Look, it's, it's actually not too bad for 2005. Yeah. But I could not deal with that plot point. I was like, oh, mm. Why? Mm. Just, like, all it takes is a few subtle tweaks, you know? He gets an alarm that shows that good light on his on his phone beep or whatever her people had in 2005 being like, oh, good Lex is actually escaping from the basement. I'd better go back and fix that. I'll leave you here, but I'll be back. And then, and then he goes and, and then Clark follows him to the thing. And then like, there's a way to do this. Yeah. I just we, fixed it for you. In fact, didn't we even try to like, uh, at the last time we did talked about Smallville, didn't we even try to maybe start a new segment of contact lenses or something of like, oh, yeah. uh, if we could, okay. So if Let's we would, this. if we would fix, this plot point, what would we do? Oh, I, think, I definitely did that last time we did Smallville. I yes, definitely, definitely tried did. to fix the yes. plot Yes, I think it was a bit of a struggle, but you were like, it's not that hard. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> it just takes three minutes of thinking about the plot to go like, mm, that doesn't really hang together. Let's just... Let's make this a bit more plausible. Let's make this a bit more plausible. Let's just have not massive plot holes. And just like, I just get so confused because I'm sure that the people working on this show weren't bad writers. Mm. Like, I would never accuse anybody who manages to get a professional TV writing gig of being a bad writer. And I know that part of being on a TV show is, like, you have to, like, churn out scripts in a week and it's hard and you've got to, like, just plow through them. But I don't quite understand why they let these things go out with such incredibly massive plot holes. Is it that they know that their audience doesn't care, so they're like, let's not put in much effort mm. like do, did they not have a supervising like a supervisor in the room a head writer a showrunner who was like oh can you just do one more pass at this it doesn't make sense like i don't i'd love to know what the logic is around just letting it happen in this way and this is before the time of so many tv shows with superheroes in them where there are certain kind of like rules set in place by the comic distributor in terms of what you could use and what you couldn't use and what was I mean, okay I'm sure they had some probably, no, they, they, they had they had certain limitations yeah but not like they kind of got to choose what they wanted and then dc would say like Someone from DC would just be like, yeah, it's fine, or whatever, or don't sure. do this. And it wasn't as much as like as it is these days with Marvel Netflix shows or the other shows and like certain rights between different distributors. Yeah, and the, people, like, the uh, licensing the isn't quite as complex, particularly with Superman. I mean, it got really complex with Marvel because they sold off all their characters yes, in the yes, 90s. Yes, but when they were, DC's yeah, going never, bankrupt. never quite had that much of a problem. Mm. So, but even then, these aren't plot holes because you can't oh, use a certain no, character. No, no, it's not. They're just. But that's what I'm saying, that they they didn't have that restriction, so they should have been able to do a better job than certain TV shows like even The Arrow and The Flash. It's just done somewhat, sometimes better job. I feel like in some ways this show is 
on the same in terms of the quality of overall sci-fi TV shows mm-hmm. in 2005 if you put all of those shows on a scale mm-hmm. and if you put all of today's sci-fi shows on a scale i feel like smallville would be in a similar place to flash and arrow and supergirl now oh yes like at Not that time in terms of the scale the the quality of everything has lifted yes definitely but, the bar has been raised but flash arrow supergirl Sort of on the lower end of like shows that don't always make sense or shows that are a little bit earnest in their writing and, you know. Shows that maybe just write it so they have a big fight scene at the end, yeah, not, not for any other purpose. Exactly. Like the focus isn't necessarily on the writing or the character development, but more on like, here's a love story, here's an action scene. Here's that other action scene here's we've been building towards that, that entire action- time on that building we mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Exactly. Yes. So I feel like they're sort of on par with one another, mm. but but because it was 2005 and watching it now in 2019, it's quite hard to watch. There was such a difference of quality in camera and lighting, though, because I was originally going to give you a season one episode um, called Drone, which was actually just like... I will have seen it. I've seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the episode where there was uh, people running for uh, student body president. And there was a chick who had abilities with bees and she was like sending bees to attack all the other candidates. Look, I have seen it. I don't remember it. <laughs> it was, it was the, one of the reasons why I like that episode is because Chloe has a really distinct moment of when Clark is running for student council body president, she doesn't, uh, you know, endorse him as the school's paper. She's like, no, I don't think you're the best candidate for the job. I think it's the guy who's in the hospital right now. He's, you know, a mathematician. He actually wants to get things done. He has a plan. He might be dorky and no one wants to vote for him because he's not popular, but I think that he's the best you know, for our council party. Yeah. And Clark and her have an interesting moment. It's one and it's one of the really touching moments where, like, you know, Chloe puts her own... She stands firm in, in what she believes, not just yeah. because she's not that gaga about Clark as Lana is about Clark. Lana just has confused feelings. And, you know, then Jensen Ackles steps in. So it's a distracting moment, of course. Yeah, the point is that, that Chloe has, you know, morals and will stick by them. Yeah, no, and it was nice seeing it in the show, but I realised I was like, but that wasn't the thing that hooked me in. That was just, like, teaching me about something that I didn't even realise that I should be taught at that age. But, oh, my gosh, the camera and lighting difference quality between 2001 and 2004 and five, just between these four seasons, shocking. It's amazing how much better the show got, and I think it was still in that square format, the four-by-one, whatever those dimensions are. Yeah. Four-by-three. Four by three. Four by three. Oh my gosh, it was still so squarey before it went all widescreen. Oh, it was fun watching all those old episodes, but it made me realize how I was trying to find maybe even like a family interaction because honestly, I think Martha Kent and Chloe Sullivan were my two favorite characters of the show, but I couldn't find an episode that had those moments all together in them. They were all kind of very different moments. And if Martha Kent was getting a decent plot line, then Chloe wasn't getting a decent plot line, was barely in the episode. I mean, that, that's that's fine. That's standard for a TV show. It's hard to find one episode that has everything that you like about it. If that were the case, like, that wouldn't make sense. You know, everyone needs a moment. Yeah. So it, yeah. Makes, it makes sense that you didn't necessarily pick an episode that had a moment for everyone. I'm not mad that I didn't get something with Chloe in it. That's fine. But what I did like about this episode with Chloe is the fact that, you know, she's almost like letting Clark come out of the closet himself. (laughs) Well. But she's trying to nudge him a little bit. She's like, how did this happen? I mean, thank God that this happened, but yeah, wow. You move fast. Yeah. (laughs) 
I don't quite understand why she doesn't just be like, hey, you know all this effort you're going to to keep the secret? You don't have to. It's okay, honey. She's not, I know. She's not watching him squirm, but she's like, she wanted him. It, it, it's a really touching moment when, like, he realizes that she knows and she's like, I already knew. I've known for like two years. Look, I, I, I understand why you might find that delightful. And I think like in the real world, the idea of letting somebody come out with whatever it is in their own time, even if you already know, has mm. a lot of merit. Yeah. But this situation doesn't really, I, do, I don't see the parallels. Do you feel that it's a strong parallel to, you know, coming out as gay or oh, it's, coming it's, out as, you know, it's, having a mental illness or whatever it may it's be? It's not strong. Okay. It's weak. Okay. <laughs> but it is there. It is there. Okay. And, you know, this is a time where those things just weren't there. And even then you would need to try and find a weak and, like, link just to get yeah. some sort oh, of Oh, yeah, thing. totally. Like, if, if you do see a connection there, then then great. I'm I'm much better with it if you think that it's there. It's just that to me I was like, oh, it's not I feel strong. like coming out as an alien <laughs> is not the same as coming out as gay. And he only realises he's an <laughs> alien, I think, in another two episodes. Real, coming out as being a superhero, a, ma- a person with powers, considering the world that we're in, where we already know that weird <laughs> shit happens, like, it's not like you'd be breaking her world, Yeah, you know? I feel like you should just say, hey, I'm a, like, I feel like Chloe should say, hey, you know how I'm aware of all the weird shit that happens. I'm also aware of you. Like, like okay. I'm a journalist. Or at least I'm trying I'm to be a journalist. A journalist. I'm Chloe, I got this. There's at least two moments where she does discover his powers already, but forgets them. Uh, but that's more of a tactic of someone else controlling her or a red kryptonite. I'm or sure it is. Just like how Lex conveniently didn't get bad Lex's <laughs> memories. Memories at the end of this. Yeah, normally I'm like, that makes no sense. You literally merged back together. He was too, a part of you. Yeah, yeah. You're not two different. You are two different bodies, but you are of the same mind. You were of the same mind, and then you remerged. Like, why would you remerge? And only good Lex's stuff. Like, memories merged. So, it was a lot of, like, there's a couple of episodes after this, and we're like, are we sure that he actually doesn't remember? But no, he, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> it, was just, it was just a moment where they're like, maybe he does actually remember these two things, and he's just keeping it a secret because knowledge is power. But it, they didn't allude to that in this episode. It would be more interesting if they reintegrated, and he was like, I sort of have these, like, vague memories of things, because then it would be like he's repressing his dark side and his dark urges like he reintegrated it and it's still there but he doesn't want to think about it he's Mm. just kind of repressing it and going like you know i don't want to think about what bad lex did i'm i you know all right so those are two ways that you would probably contact lens fix the episode totally i would like have rathered i think for there to be another moment between lionel and uh bad lex because, hang on, don't roll your eyes so quickly. No, I'm sort of agreeing with you. Because otherwise it doesn't, there, there wasn't enough moment for that to build to that ending of like, oh yeah, you slashed me on the face and you told me about the darkness inside of you. Yep, I'm bad now. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I was rolling my eyes at. That heel turn was one of the dumbest things I have ever seen in my entire life. Like there I was, was like, fucking, what? For starters, mm-hmm. you cannot cut someone's face open with a fencing sword. No, well, I think he grabbed a different one. You notice they didn't have the thingies on the end? Fencing swords have the thingies on the end. Yeah, but they didn't have the thingies on the end. Yes, I looked at it closer. Yes, but fencing swords do. Yeah, but he grabbed a different, didn't he grab a different Why sword? Why does he have a different sword? It's a mansion filled with swords, Mason. 
is an but accident. He got it out of his fencing thing. Okay, well, I may have misread. Because then I was like, why is this like a tension filled sword fight with fencing swords? Like, those. That- I think they just really wanted to do that. The writers just wanted to do that. I don't think it was necessarily the right choice. I mean, it, it, was, it was interesting to me as a kid because it's probably reminded me of other movies or other kind of moments or things like that. I mean, I think this is before. Nope, this was after Die Another Day. So they just really ripped that scene out of there. I know a few other movies have done it as well, but that's actually where Madonna was a, a, a fencing instructor for about five minutes of a James Bond movie. I'll take your word for it. I've never seen a James Bond movie in my life. Yeah, you're really You'll, not missing us. You will have seen on our socials this week, I actually posted a picture from, our, from the notes that I took um, because I thought that, you know, People might. I wanted to see if people could guess what show I was watching based on the note. <laughs> the note that I took and then posted was father-son fencing match. It's fencing. You can't stab each other with those things. Sure, they hurt. I fenced once and I hated it. But they're not sharp enough to cut someone's face. <laughs> did, you come, did you come fencing with us that time? Uh Oh, at uh, in uni. At uni, I think I did. I did one one lesson. Yeah. But then they realised that they didn't want me to actually fight. Um, they wanted me. My character fight scene was going to be a non-fight scene. What? Wait, what are you talking about? Fight scene. Yeah, I was no, talking I... about Shakespeare. No, no. Uh, there was a fencing club at our uni. Oh. And no. I went with Monica once. Yes. No, I did not go with you. And it was awful. I hated it. I hated it so hard. <laughs> I remember hearing about that. It was horrific because they just kept stabbing me like in the boob, and I was like, <laughs> "This hurts," and I'm not having fun. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't fun. You're hitting me. Yeah. I'm like, I just keep getting poked. I don't want to be poked. Yeah, Stop the thrusting me. is quite aggressive. Like, I did it in school. Well, that's school. all it is. It's yeah, just it's Yeah, just trying thrusting. to get points at certain points. And it's like, see, it's the hardest thing to deflect, I suppose. Well, I couldn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. So I was like, I can't deflect you. You couldn't I parry? I know. I just kept getting stabbed. Mostly yeah. in the boob. <laughs> Even the met- like they put metal plates on your boobs to stop you from oh, getting okay. from getting stabbed, but it doesn't matter. Like it you still, still hurts. it still hurts. And your metal bits pushing into your your other shirt, and then pushing- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the metal bits are like poking in in weird places, and then like yeah, they poke the metal bit, and the metal bit just pokes your boobs. And I'm like, <laughs> what? This is not comfortable. Anyway, I anyway, feel like, I feel like they were trying to go for like a medieval. Uh, they they were doing this whole Damas. Maybe they were trying to, to this like whole channel scene. that theme before. Yeah, that was that was ha- channeling. I like I did really like that scene between uh, Bad Lex and Good Lex when they talked about his childhood and being locked inside there. And I, I liked hearing about him being like, "You were such a little weakling." Even then, it's like, <laughs> I, I look. I know it wasn't the best writing. <laughs> I know these things, but I enjoyed that, and I enjoy. It, it would be really interesting to, for me to consider having a conversation with my bad self and to see what their opinion of their unashamed, if they weren't, you know, burdened by morals and responsibility, what would they say to you? And I did find it quite interesting. I think I found it more interesting in theory than in the show, but what it made me think of, especially as a teenager, when I'm like thinking about Christian, reality, God, reality, 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 um, these things, uh, who am I? And all that jazz, you know, eventually long, long, long time later being like, oh, I like guys too. That's another factor. Just, it was... It, it br- made me think a little bit more than I used to uh, when I was watching other shows. Yeah, I think the the main problem that I had with it is 
just how unsubtle it was. It was just always like the stereotypical thing for a bad person version of yourself. Yeah, I just wish that they had done something a little more nuanced with it. Like it wasn't good legs and bad legs, which is essentially what it was. It was like if we had pulled out and seen that like the ambitious legs is the part that like leads to ruin or darkness mm-hmm. or something mm. if we saw that it was oh it was not- maybe the uh, emotional side of lex that even like had an interest in lana but wouldn't act on it maybe that would be upturning his moral side or what were the reasons of where those ambitions would go necessarily yeah like what what part inside of you is actually where is this darkness coming from like mm-hmm. people aren't evil just because they're evil like yeah. that's not what that's not what evil is. Every it's, decision has intentions behind it. Totally. And they're not necessarily made for a choice to be good or bad. They have motivations behind yeah. it. So what motivation would one Lex be and what motivation would the other Lex be to be more compelling way of exploring good and evil? Exactly. There exactly. We go. I would have liked it to be like, you know, maybe maybe he was just like blank and unemotionless because that's what he needs to be to protect himself from the traumas in his life. Mm. Or maybe he was you know, just selfish and he just wanted what he wanted and and then we could have seen that. But, yeah, it was just so, just so like, boringly evil and good. Yeah. But was, also, at the same time, I couldn't tell the difference between good Lex and bad Lex. You couldn't? Nope. Because good Lex, the way that he acts, is always, like, got that slight little, like, are you being evil right now? Oh, yeah, he's, he's mastered that because he's been doing this for four years. Yes, but then I couldn't tell, like, when he was being, if there were scenes where I wasn't too sure which one was which. Like, if they went in the same scene, I was like, I don't know if you're good legs or bad legs. When good legs took... I mean, the actions weren't evident, or you wanted more when, of the physicality to no, see it I in I just that. mean, like, he always seems evil. Even good legs always seems like he's got he seems another... Malicious. He seems like he's got another... An ulterior motive. An ulterior motive. And that's that's just the way that this actor has been playing Lex for so long. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense that he would continue to play him like that when he's being good Lex, but it means that when you then try to have a villainous character... There's not enough of a difference. There's no difference. Yeah. So when we were watching Clark and Lex in the lab with, like, the fruit and stuff, I was just like... I, I, I was... Which likes am I talking Which to? Which likes am I talking to? It wasn't until because... you see one creeping around the corner and be like, okay, that's the bad one. Exactly. I was like, you're acting just as shady as you usually act. How am I meant to believe, like, why would I believe that you're the good one? Small side of trying to play devil's advocate and defend the writers. Absolutely. They didn't want you to necessarily know the difference so early on. No, no. No? Because you, they very clearly showed you, like, there is another one here. Oh, he's talking to him. He's, like, trying to say good things to Dr. St. Clair, but then he immediately kills him. If the point of the episode is to show the duality in a character, then you need to show the duality in a character. Yeah. What I really wanted to see, though, in this episode is I, I went, in my memory, <laughs> this episode was a bit more of a slow burn than a straightaway, oh, I'm going to kill someone now. Yeah. Yeah. No, he just killed someone right up front. Right off the bat. Correct. Yeah. He, he's probably like a few hours old yeah. of being his own person. And yeah, that was, that was, that was a lot. I, in my memory and what I think I would rather did if it had been is definitely to have a moment where you see the evolution of both characters when they're separated from those either sides and how that changes them. I didn't think that it would be immediate. I think, oh, I have certain emotions and feelings and motivations here, so I'm going to try and be honest with my friends and devote myself to maybe fixing things up between me and my father 
but I, it's going to like slowly start to do it I mean, like, you know what, you know what, I'm feeling lighter. I'm going to do this. And the other side of Lex to have been, yeah, no, I don't know about this. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then build to him being like, okay, I'll just kill someone now because I've, the, my motivations have led me to this point that towards the end of the episode and should have made more of an impact of it. This episode does suffer from a large portion of the series. Let's say probably about five seasons where death is just like happens all the time. And it's just not really talked about. Yeah, they don't they don't seem to have a very high, you know, respect for human life except for the main characters. Yeah. Which I mean is a common thing. A common thing in, especially in sci-fi shows totally. or monster of the week shows. Yeah. But it it was gosh, it was it was so weird when I saw a funeral scene and I was like, oh my gosh, they're mourning. We're actually, you know, <laughs> acknowledging, acknowledging someone has that, died. That they're a human and they have people who will miss them when they're gone. Yeah. 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 But I, I think uh, one quick way that I would have tried to fix this episode is have a moment of when he left Clark to be like, okay, no, I, I want you to think about it. Or something's going to happen to your loving parents if you don't. Or come see me at this certain point. To give him a choice. To give him a choice. And trying to join And him. when he would do and go off and do that, he wouldn't be downstairs waiting in the uh, wine cellar or basement or whatever it is with good legs. He would maybe be somewhere else having another inter. Uh, interaction with Lionel Luther that pushes Lionel over the edge in terms of, you know, them having some sort of other encounter, probably at the top of Metropolis on a, you know, cool blue building, because this show does do a fun thing with the lighting effects of that. It's always warm and and red and yellow tones in Smallville and in Metropolis, which doesn't really happen until like season two and season three. But from that point on, it's sometimes it's basically just a Metropolis show. Is uh, it's always blue and uh, cool tone colors, which I really enjoyed with the uh, color matching. But yeah, I would have had a moment of them like a completely different location, and then he gets back and he's found that he's found good legs or something else like that. I don't know. I think the whole thing just kind of needs to be thrown out and started again. <laughs> it's just just put in the bin. I mean, not in the bin. Like the idea of. I mean, it's extremely cliche of the idea of having a character split in two. But I don't want to like sit here and go like, well, Buffy did it better. <laughs> but, like, there is an example of an episode like this in mm. Buffy which does more of what I was referring to earlier, which is they split Xander in half mm. in season five or six. Five? Five, I think. Uh, and and at first we think that one of them is evil and one of them is good, but then we just realise that they've split out the confident, you know, kind of masculine side mm -hmm. and the less confident, goofier side, and you see that neither of them is good or evil. It's just that, you know, this one gets more out of their life because they are more confident and they just stride in and expect things and then they get things. Mm. Very kind of hyper-masculine, but still. Mm. And then this other half is, is you know, a little more jokey and then but then doesn't get what he wants and he's watching this you know what he first thinks is his evil twin going like why does this evil twin have a better life than me and realizing that he has that inside of him and he can harness that whenever he wants he just needs to know that it's there and that is a much more nuanced take on this mm. which i feel like you could still take to a kind of a darker side for lex yeah because lex i understand is meant to become a villain mm -hmm. Again, you could just have you could just show that it's it's not a good and evil. It's a 
it's it's the part of him that wants to help his friends and wants to be a normal person and oh, just, yeah, does, yeah, he's like, you know, is loyal and wants to help, you know, create these hardy seeds to stop world hunger. Yeah, Goodlex was imprisoned way too early in the episode, I think, to see enough of a difference between totally. the two. Because as soon as he was like, oh, you're me, oh shit, now I'm locked up and I'm putting an iron mask. I did love the line of like, you know, he was ashamed to look at his, uh, like a pale reflection of himself. I did enjoy that one. Yeah. So this got me into a whole big research spiral about the man in the iron mask. <laughs> okay. How'd uh, you go with that? Oh, it was really fun. <laughs> and in, in a way, as I was kind of alluding to this earlier, but in a way, I think this show is trying to have these Dramasian parallels uh, partly in uh, the the man in the iron mask half, which is, I mean, makes no sense because that's not actually a book by Damas. And I find it hard to believe that young Lex read this whole fucking uh, Damas saga, in which one chapter is de- is dedicated to the man in the iron mask. But anyway, because he's only mentioned in one chapter of this book, right? Uh, at the end of the D'Artagnan yeah. trilogy yeah. saga, something or other, part of the Three Musketeers. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Uh, but it's it's sort of a little bit Count of, Count of Monte Cristo like, which is about you know a man who does basically gets framed for a crime and imprisoned for like. 50 years mm-hmm. and then he escapes from the prison and comes back and pretends to be somebody else in order to get revenge on all of these people. It's what the show Revenge was very loosely based oh, off interesting. of. interesting. Very loosely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like just in that initial scenario. Pr- like, yeah, pretty yeah. much in that, you know, I'm getting I'm getting <laughs> revenge revenge <laughs> on the people that wronged me. But, but so, and so the whole like sword fighting scene, I was like, okay, I can see that we're playing into this, yeah, kind this of. This era. This era of stories, <clears throat> this whole idea of kind of familial uh, you know, trauma that affects because, you know, one of the things in The Count of Monte Cristo is he comes back and the person he was about to marry has a son and she's remarried. But in the end, it turns out that the son is actually his. But she kind of says, you know, he's your son, but he's not your son. He has a father and he has his father name and you destroyed that name. And it's, oh, it's devastating. Mercedes. Anyway. <laughs> I love a I love a French um, <laughs> tragedy, basically. <laughs> anyway, you torture yourself, don't you? <laughs> oh, I love it. Maybe I should do Count of Monte Cristo one day. Maybe I should make you watch the Count of Monte Cristo. Anyway, so I feel like they were kind of going for this, yeah, sort of French epic drama and playing into that in the Man with the Iron Mask. Turns out the man in the iron mask probably didn't wear an iron mask. He probably wore a mask of velvet, and he almost definitely wasn't Louis XIV's brother. Right. Um, That's just a a theory that people posited. They kind of – there's some rumours that he was born with a twin, Mm. and they think that because after the birth, they usually, like, wait a couple days to go celebrate, but instead Louis was like, great, baby's born, let's go celebrate right now, and got everybody out of the chamber. And they were like, oh, is that because there's going to be a second son born? That's interesting. And then there's also this whole thing where, like, in this era, if there were twins, there's always a debate over which twin was older. Yeah, which was for one first. Well, no, not so much that. Is it the twin that is born first that is older, or is it the twin that was in their mind, conceived first and born second, that is older. Because in their brain they're like, you know, first in, last out. (laughs) (laughs) 
So basically, yeah. if a twin was born second, some people argued that that twin was actually older because they were conceived first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we all know that's not how this works, but you know. Oh, I enjoyed that way too much. You know, 18th, 18th century friends, people were not that clever. It's, look, it's an interesting theory. It's an interesting theory. Yeah. So anyway, so they were like, well, if there was another twin that was born second, it's possible that they had a way to argue that they had, yeah, they had uh, right. Yeah. yeah, but anyway, they actually think that um, the man who wore the mask, who was imprisoned for like forty years before he died, was probably uh, a, a servant of some sort, a valet mm. who had seen something he wasn't supposed to, or nobody really knows who he was. It's a really interesting story. Mm. He he just sort of appeared one day. He was, you know, somebody told him that they were sending this person. His name was Eustache Dujer and and he was to go to this prison. And the prison that he was sent to was the place where they used to send people who were like embarrassments to the crown. So people who had done things like a lord who had bis- misbehaved in society and needed to be imprisoned for a while, but they wanted to keep it kind of quiet. Mm. So he was sent here and everybody thinks that the name he was sent under was a false name, but nobody knows why. Mm. And maybe he was involved in this scandal involving poisonings and the king's mistress and black mass, which I also... Black mass? Yeah, it's like a, a satanic version of, 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 of Catholic mass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which people used to dabble in in, in this period in France. Anyway, I got into such a fucking... <laughs> like, just a Wikipedia hole. A Wikipedia hole, which ended with me getting to, like, the Feast of Fools and the Feast of the Ass, which are all, like, old French Catholic feasts, Pagan. basically. No, they what? were Catholic. Oh, really? Um, but they sort of stopped being celebrated because they were seen as you know, really it's kind of mocking the church, right, but nobody, yeah. but like the feast of fools is the thing that they have in Quasim in uh, yeah, the hunchback, hunchback of, of Notre, Notre Dame. Dame, but they're pretty sure now that that representation of the feast of fools is completely wrong. Cause yeah. they, the Catholic church destroyed all record of the feast of fools. So no one knows what it really looks wow. like. Um, it may have just been like a regular mass, but with somebody who was meant to represent the people coming up and having like a certain role to play in that mass, you know, they held up the staff at certain time or something. <laughs> it probably wasn't a great big, you know, let's get everybody in the streets of Notre Dame and celebrate the gypsies and stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Gypsies is um, a derogatory term. Uh, travelers, Romani, that kind of thing. Uh, anyway, so took me down a Wikipedia hole and I was kind of like, I could choose to read this episode from a Damasian standpoint and find some parallels here, mm. but I think I'd be making them up. Yeah. I think they got as far as, hmm, Man of the Iron Mask, that's interesting. Let's throw that in there uh, and have him, you know, cover up the, the, the good side or the hidden part of himself with the Iron Mask. But... That's it. That's as far as I really got. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, sorry, that was a long tangent. I mean, I think I would have also liked to have seen, uh, since Good Lex was like in prison so early and you didn't get much time to see the difference between the two of them, it would have been almost more interesting, not more interesting, but at least interesting to see him like go down and maybe even tell him about like 
how he talked to Lana or what his plans were for the town to actually see him like maybe just verbally torture him just a little bit more to, to give him a semblance of like what his future future plans would be if he actually did get away with this how Lex would be treated for the rest of his life if he was going to be imprisoned by this other version of himself to give like good Lex more of a drive to really try and conquer this side of him yeah to kind of see how good lex feels about bad lex like we never really got that no it was just a heat of the moment he's trying to hurt my friend and he also put me in chains yeah 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 there wasn't even a really long discussion at the end of the episode of going like who am i who is who is that half of me where is he I like, you know, I, I'm trying to keep this very down. My father yeah. told me to be such a horrible person to be yeah. cut through, but I want to be better. Yeah, He didn't, just... like, reach out and be like, help me be better. No, Lana, I'll, I'm still your friend. I promise I won't let that get in the way. Yeah, I promise I won't kiss you anymore. It's like, who gives a shit? I'd ra- like, if this episode is about your interiority, let it be about your interiority mm. and not about the external forces involved here. Yeah, just... And I mean, the 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 dialogue in general has like literally no subtext. Like there is no. Oh no, 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 no! no they're just subtext. literally saying what it could mean. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're just like saying their feelings. Yeah. And it's hideous. But I mean, if you are going to go with that, if you are going to go with a show that where you don't say the subtext, then come out and talk about how you feel at the end of it. Like, Do some real just shit. Lean into it and be like, I'm really sad that Bad Legs did all these bad things. And I wonder if he's inside of me and, I'm, and I'd like to figure that out. And I'm sorry to everyone, including like, go say sorry to Papa Ken. Yeah, like, go say sorry to Jonathan Ken who you shot in the you leg. You literally shot him and he's a farmer. Like, his, he his needs livelihood that. requires him to be able to, like, move around a fair bit. I mean, he... it is helpful to have uh, Superman as his main farm boy. Uh, sure. <laughs> but not everyone sure. knows that. Does does he, does that injury play into later episodes? Does he have a, a bung knee for a while? He he limps for, for a couple of episodes. Uh, sure. But ultimately, he's got a heart problem. And, and very famously, in the beginning of the first movie, he suffers from a heart attack. Yes, and, yes. And Superman can't save him. They allude to that so much throughout this show, and it doesn't happen until season five. I see. Yes. Well, that's okay. I wouldn't want it to happen too early. No, no. But he's, you know, he's a pretty, he's a younger man than he's often portrayed in other versions of Superman. Yes, yes, yes. He's, he's, this is a much younger version of the Kents. Uh, but I, w- I will say that I, while you were talking to me, um, going off on your massive tangent. Sorry. <laughs> no, it was absolutely fascinating. I'm sorry. And I'm sure some of our listeners have got those similar historic interests like you do. And I do as well. I just tend to go towards different areas and different regions and time frames than that particular sure, one. Sure, sure. Uh, it's I'm much more of the ancient uh, timeframes. I like that too, but I just don't like that there's no accuracy in it. Oh, yeah, there's so much, uh, like, subjectivity. We don't know. We yeah. have no idea what life was like back then, whereas, in the, you know, we have pretty good records about 17th century, and I enjoy seeing how things get twisted and then having, his like, more recent historians be like, nah. That was wrong. Almost definitely not Louis XIV's brother. Like, <laughs> um, But I was just thinking about an episode that probably would have been played with this duality maybe a bit more interesting, but it was actually a Freaky Friday episode uh, set in season three. Absolutely um, not. Hang on, hang on. I hate Freaky Friday episodes. <sighs> so I really wouldn't have gone I over as well. I hate anyway. a body swap. I almost turned this thing off if I didn't have to keep watching it. I don't particularly like a body split and I hate a body swap. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> I guess it's good I didn't pick that episode because you would have hated it uh, more than this one. And it was um, when Lionel Luther is still in prison 
and uh, Lionel actually body swaps with Clark Kent uh, visiting him. And so there's this moment of where you, but you get to see a lot more moments between Chloe and Martha Kent and how they both interact um, with these people and how like Martha Kent would interact with her son, understanding him through the guise of a malicious manipulative and lying man, such as Lionel Luther um, behind prison, who would be incredibly um, desperate, I suppose. And because there's always been a weird romance thing between them and Jonathan Kent's always been super jealous. Oh yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. She was like his secretary for a while. Yeah. There was I, ep- I think I've told you before how I once, um, like I was watching Smallville when I was at one point a teenager mm-hmm. and I was watching, uh, season two, maybe three. I don't know. Tell me what happens. I'll tell you when it is. Oh, well, I was, what I can't remember what the plots were, <laughs> okay. but I, I accidentally put in like disc four instead of disc two. Oh, you're watching it on the on the actual season. Oh yeah. I was yeah. watching I, was, I had the DVDs out from the DVD shop. Yeah. And I accidentally put in disc four and I started watching whatever episode was on and all of a sudden Martha Kent was like having a weird thing with Lionel Luther and I was like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what? Yeah, it would have been probably season two. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I don't know how we got here what is happening did i skip something <laughs> at the beginning of season two i think it happens a tiny bit in season one but then she doesn't do it but then she decides no hell with you jonathan i'm gonna go do my own thing like there's a nice backstory here with the mother in terms of the fact that she was actually meant to be uh, a law partner for a law firm and when she met you know jonathan kent she became a farmer's wife Gross. And, you know, but don't, she loved don't him. Don't do it, ladies. She, she sacrificed her ambitions, but because she also chose it, she does. She she hated that life and that lifestyle. Why but then not she's do like, both? And then she's like, you know what? No, I'm going to go do my own thing. And you know, she ends up being a senator actually. Um, towards the end of this show, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah. No, yeah. So it, there's been a lot of. Uh, I almost actually picked an episode in season two where uh, her and Lionel Luther are taken hostage, and Clark has to learn how to leap a single building or a tall building in a single bound. Sure. But without revealing his powers, while there's a police um, uh, hole barricade outside. Sure. But I mean, yeah, there was no Chloe in that episode, and also the Lionel Martha thing was a bit weird at that point. I just think I. I mean, I understand that the point of this this season was to reevaluate and take a fresh look and see what we can do to try and get the other person to, to, to see what we love about these shows. I'm just never going to get this one. No, I think I could give you like five other episodes and I think we'll have a similar kind of, like we'll talk about completely different things. Yeah. But we'll, you'll have a similar tone of the discussion in terms of plot holes. It's, it's just um, not very they good. They tried for this. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I, Look, I, it's not. I, I, I watched probably about eight episodes and I narrowed it down to a short list of three or four. And then even then, like, I started writing up one and then I changed my mind and put in another one. And I was like, gosh, this, I just don't know if I'm ever going to get Jane to see this differently. <laughs> it's yeah. Nostalgia is way too much of an impact for me on this show. I really, I see what you're saying, but I still, like, my devil's advocate in my brain is way too strong because of the nostalgia. Oh, look, I get it. And and at the end of the day, you can headcanon anything oh, the way that you need to. I headcanon a lot of shit in this show. I've, this is the Absolutely. only show I've written fan fiction for, actually. Yeah it's, yeah, it's fine. I get it. Headcanon whatever you need to, to to allow yourself to watch it. 
because there's no nostalgia attached to it for me. Yeah. I'm never... Even you saw a bit of it as a kid, but you never, like... Not as a kid, as a teenager. Oh, so you didn't see it when it was coming out, No, no, I got it... I mean, when I was desperate for entertainment, I hired it out on DVD. <laughs> yeah. I think I was a teenager. I may have even been, you know, 18 or 19. Oh, yeah, it's definitely not the right so age to watch it. I, I mean, even as I was watching it and kind of being like, yeah, this is, you know... This is, you know, lazy, shitty entertainment. I still couldn't get very far knowing it was lazy, shitty entertainment. Like, it wasn't even good enough to sustain me while I was baking cookies or babysitting or... Like, I get it. It's just sad in my heart. I know. I, I, I would, in some ways, I would like to like it because I feel like it's it's close to being up my alley. Yeah, it is close. It's close. But it needs to be, just be better. It needs to be better. And, I mean, it doesn't help that the main character is Clark Kent, who I'm just generally not interested in. Oh, he is a very uninteresting character because he has almost no character arc. Yeah. I and uh, yeah. He, yeah. He doesn't really grow or change much. Literally, yeah. the only new developments that he has are his new powers and how he deals with them, or trying to tell someone and be open and honest with them. Yeah, that, I that, mean, but that's not really like he tries to be honest every other part in his life, but he's f- a lot of lying. I feel like he never really struggles internally with anything. And no, he I, just always tries to do the good thing. And my understanding is that you know I'm not one of those people who sits there and goes like Superman is so boring because he doesn't have any vulner- like he doesn't have he's just too powerful. Like that's not. I don't feel that way. I feel that Superman could be an interesting character. I haven't seen a lot of Superman. Mm media um but i understand that he can be interesting because you can play with these ideas of you know do i belong here where am i from who am i should i tell the truth about who i am i have to hide this from everybody because yeah i mean like safe i I for the first three seasons they're like you can't play football you you have gifts you're not allowed to play football okay you can run for student body president it's not football but then you know they eventually let him play football because he really tries to not use his powers and he's like i just want to play football mom and dad yeah, I mean, that particular <laughs> conflict is not particularly interesting to me either. No. It also doesn't help that, you know, the main character is a guy and I generally don't know how to relate to a lot of main characters who are guys who aren't interesting. Like, they've got to not. Be, he's not interesting. They've got to be interesting because there's not even, like, I can't even relate to, you know, him being a teenage girl and having, you know, weird feelings and being over-emotional because he's not that. Yeah, and honestly, it, it was so hard for me to even find a moment where I saw Chloe and Lana being Chloe and Lana because they have an interesting uh, you did the, relationship. You did that in the last episode for me. Uh, yeah, I remember I mean, we talked about it. Was Lana staying with them? Yes, Lana right. was staying with Chloe right. at that yes, time. Yes. Yeah. So that was, and that, you know, is all, seems like it was a very sweet storyline and, and hmm. had something behind it. But, but the, the moments that I could enjoy are so few and far between. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this show doesn't really offer you much. No, <laughs> not for me. So I, I, that's I not don't... to say that if you're listening at home and you love Smallville as a kid that, you know, that's that's, that's your own thing. That's Absolutely. fine. Absolutely. I cannot. Like, like, I do not want to crap all over this show. If you love it, you love it. Like, this isn't Spider-Man Unlimited or whatever. I'm happy to crap all over that for you because that was just bonkers. I can I can see why some people will love this, particularly if you have nostalgia attached yeah. to it. Yeah. If, you, if it's just, if it's a warm blanket show for you, I, I get it. I actually wouldn't recommend someone to watch Smallville now. Yeah, I think it's not for the le- first time. It's, it's 11 seasons that is a waste of your time, really. Yeah. It's it's not incredibly good, and the good moments or the really good episodes, they won't make sense unless you've seen the rest of the show and known the characters and 
suffered through years of people not knowing things and knowing things and then getting lost in the memory of knowing those things and constantly being knocked out very conveniently and then not being able to see Clark Kent do a superpower thing and then they don't for some reason have serious head injuries after multiple <laughs> concussions to the head. It's 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 just yeah, it's 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 just I grew up with it. And it was it was the first TV show that I was obsessed with. It's impossible to love unless you have an emotional attachment to it already. I don't like to use the word impossible. It's <laughs> different ne- people have tastes. It's different ne- tastes. It's nearly impossible to love. There we go. It's 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 <laughs> difficult. It's more than difficult though. <laughs> okay. Like I can't see people falling in love with this show unless they have nostalgia attached to it. If you want this kind of show now, you go watch Arrow. Or Flash. Or Supergirl. Or Supergirl. Supergirl definitely does do this a bit better. Particularly Supergirl and and I think The Flash has exactly what you have here, but a little bit better Mm. because generally our standards for TV shows, for sci-fi TV shows, have lifted. Mm. That's part of what happens when you have a lot of different things that you can watch is that, you know, Suddenly you have to vie for people's attention. You have to be a little bit better. So if you want this kind of feel-good, um, you know, not too heavy explorations of people with superpowers and secret identities, go watch Supergirl. The- so go, go watch Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. Basically. Because, you know, Arrow is a bit too trying to be Batman and dark. Yeah. And brooding. And the Flash is fine. I find the Flash a bit silly. Yeah, I like how DC Legends of Tomorrow has just lent full oh, yeah. into Legends silly. Of it's actually about that it's, one. it's been kind of fun actually, like because they're just like we're not really part of them anymore. They're the cool kids, <laughs> but we're just having ridiculous. It's almost like they're feeling like they're Doctor Who now. Like they can just yeah. go and do a crazy thing in a time travel and have a bunch of weird historic stuff that's just ridiculous. I have, I have heard people really enjoy that. My show. brother's been really enjoying it actually lately. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, shall I give this an I rating? Yeah, look, I almost want to close my eyes, but that's not going to stop me from hearing it, so I don't know what that's going to do. I mean, I'm going to close my eyes because I'm going to give it zero eyes. Oh, no. I, I mean, I'm not, I wasn't not expecting it, but... I couldn't, I couldn't watch it if it were on. I'd change the channel. Not even in the background. I'd, yeah, you even said that before. You didn't even, it couldn't even last you while you were baking cookies. Uh, no. Yeah. No, I can't yeah. do it. It's just too ridiculous, too poorly written, too just, poorly plotted. I like the actors, and it's not necessarily that well acted. It's no. not. It's not horribly acted. No. But it's not very well acted. They're all very charming and sweet, but it's not. I think I just had a major crush on Tom Welling without understanding my feelings for men, and that would have been a very big motivating factor for me as a young. That's okay. Adolescent. That's okay. We've all been there. I mean, I'm pretty sure at one time I was drunk at a friend's beach house and I think I hugged the television when Tom Welling was on screen. Oh, you poor silly man. I think it was the first time I got drunk. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. We've done We've done an eye rating, so I guess that means it's uh, time to find out what's in your eye. Well, I think I should try in one or two sentences explain why I love this show. We did say we were going to do that. I feel like we've done that, though. Yeah, yeah. Why do you... Okay, go. 
I think one of the reasons why I really love this show is because I liked the idea that it played with what is your destiny and seeing the steps of how you got there. And while it might be sometimes an inevitable path in terms of knowing the end of the story, I do enjoy seeing all the ways that someone can be influenced, whether that be by their family, by the impacts of their surroundings, and seeing how a superhero and a supervillain is shaped. I I enjoyed seeing those bits, even though it was necessarily before the flying and before the tights. Okay. Yeah. I, you know what, if, if that is a thing that actually happens on this show and is investigated, <laughs> then goody for them. Probably only in about 10% of the 10 seasons. Yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. Cool. So what is in your eye this week, Kurt? So uh, this week I've been watching Seven Deadly Sins. Okay. It's a Netflix anime and it's making me really dislike the fact that I want to watch anime. <laughs> Okay, what? I'm really struggling with it because there's just, it's just, I just want to switch it off and I, and I want to try and find a different anime show that works for me because there's just a level of objectification mm. that is just too prevalent. At least in this show, there's a, it's on an equal part. So they do objectify the men as well, but it's, it's not, it doesn't have a, purpose it's kind of disgusting and it makes me uncomfortable but i've had like people who are cosplayers who like these certain characters and i've been seeing their instagram feeds and i'm hearing other people like uh, these big emotional beats in these shows and it's it's i i love when you deal with you know a different kind of fantastical world of like religion or angels and demons and fantasy and you know each of these knights represent a different uh, are a different embodiment of the seven deadly sins you know lust uh, sloth and greed and and all that sort of thing pride it's 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 an interesting dynamic but none of it pays off and it takes too long to get anywhere and the fight scenes are just ridiculous like not in a kind of full like fun cool way you know just like an op kind of way and oh i just I don't like it when a show has groping as a comedic aspect. No. It's gross. Yes. And I'm just like, I'm not watching this. Fair enough. But I wanted to. I but know. I don't. And now it's making me, like, not like other anime shows. And there's all these anime shows that I've been, I've been told to watch or these classic shows of other things. And there's a few anime shows which don't involve any groping or don't what? involve, you know, putting girls in short skirts and ridiculous outfits just so you can see their drawn boobs bounce. It's oh. just, it, I just thought we were past this. <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know that's funny. I know that's funny. But I was, I was hoping that anime was going in a better direction because they've already done that so much. Yeah. You I would was, have hoped that we'd be starting to veer away from that now. I mean, it's, it, it was honestly disappointing to me. I, I will, I will flat out say I don't recommend anyone to watch Seven Deadly Sins. Okay. Even though it's a currently running Netflix original anime that is still going, and it's had a movie as well, like an animated movie that's like in between seasons two and three, and it just, it just doesn't really pay off. Like the female characters have some very interesting point, but it's very, very much dictated by you know how they look and. And, and what they wear, and I'm just like, no, I can't, I can't deal with this. Yep. And I, but I, but I, anime, stop, stop doing this, please. I like anime. I don't want to hate anime, but I'm starting to hate anime now. Well, you know, anime. When anime fixes its shit, then maybe you can get back on board with it. But yeah. you know, maybe it's time to stop watching the anime if it's 
Supporting that kind if of... If it's supporting that yeah. kind of thing, you know? If everybody just kind of got to the point where they were sick of that and stopped watching, then anime might have to, you know, change its ways. Mm. But I guess I'm not sure, like, what the exact uh, dynamics of the team behind, because it is originally Japanese, um, but, you know, there have been American animes that have been done recently and things like that. For example... Uh, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, which th- they've actually revealed that Netflix is going to create an original live action version of that. Uh, and, uh, I think I had heard that, yeah. Yeah, but, and the original live action movie was a disgrace to every single fan and absolutely Correct. criticized and hated. And whitewashed. Uh, yes, and so this time they're like, we're not going to whitewash and they're going to have the original creators actually be a part of the show in yeah. the entire process. Yeah. Um, so I'm just I like... I actually know a surprising amount about Avatar The Airbender considering I've never seen it. I think you would like Legend of Korra. I think you would like the second generation of the show a lot. People, so, yeah, people on Tumblr really like that show. There is a very interesting... Uh, female character arc and central to to that entire generation and the timeline they set it in is quite interesting uh and uh spoiler alert in the last scene they reveal that she is bisexual yeah but it is frustrating that's the last scene i think i knew that because yeah tumblr tumblr yeah (laughs) tumblr things (laughs) people people ship that relationship pretty damn hard yeah 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 bless them (laughs) (laughs) all right what's been in your eye this week uh so in my eye or rather in my ears oh yes uh i've actually been listening to this podcast for about the last four months or so okay my sister recommended it to me and look it's not going to be a surprise to any podcast listeners it's one of the most popular podcasts out there Mm. it's very very well known but i have only recently gotten into reply all I don't know what that is. Oh, I, you'll love it. <laughs> okay, what is it's it? It's really good. It's it calls itself a podcast about the internet. Uh huh. But it's quite a bit more complex than that. It's it's made up of a bunch of different things. Sometimes they do investigative journalist stories about you know phone scams, mm-hmm. or they have a segment called Super Tech Support where somebody like comes to them with a, a weird tech problem and they try to solve it and they get all these experts involved and they go visit them. Like sometimes they have a segment called Yes, Yes, No. Yes, Yes, No. Where where their producer brings them something that they've found on the internet, usually like a tweet or a meme or mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. and they don't – the the producer doesn't know what it means because, you know, internet culture things move so quickly. <laughs> yes, yes. And he's like, I don't know what this means. Do you know what that means? And one of them, they both say like, yes, I'm at yes on this one. I'm at 50% yes on this one. And Alex Bloomberg, the oh, producer, always is always like, no. I'm, I'm at no. <laughs> or like, I'm at 10% yes. Like, I know this word. Uh, and, they, and then they kind of pull apart what that tweet means and all I of the like intersecting memes. I thought this phrase was talking memes. about hair and eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So it's super duper interesting. It's always, every episode is really different. You're it never sounds, quite sure what you're in for. It sounds very versatile in terms of like its its content is is quite different. Yeah, like every week is something really different. It's usually vaguely related to the internet or to technology or connectivity mm-hmm. or the history of the internet. It's where I first... Um, I mentioned that I was listening to a podcast and that got me into watching Paris is Burning. Oh, yes. That yes, was this yes. podcast. Right, right. Anyway, that's why this this podcast is really diverse. You never know what you're going to get. Interesting. So interesting. Do I you, really highly recommend it. Do you um, pick out an episode for content or do you just kind of let yourself have a bit of a Well, lovely? I started out doing that, um, just kind of scrolling through and going, that one sounds vaguely interesting. I'll pick that. Uh, so now my listening history is completely all <laughs> yeah, over the place. Yeah. Like sometimes I've scrolled right down to the bottom and picked something. Sometimes I've, so now I'm going back through and filling in the gaps. Yeah, <laughs> I know that <laughs> in feeling. Between, and because it just plays the next one. So sometimes I'll listen to three in a row from four years ago Mm. but then i'll listen to something from last week 
So yeah, it's yeah. yeah, I'm sort of all over the place, but I I think in to begin with, maybe go through and find something you think you'll be interested in. Yeah. But at the end of the day, every episode is fascinating. And so like even though you might not think you find something interesting about that content, it will kind of show you a different light behind something you don't necessarily understand. Yeah, and I think generally if you are interested in in the world, in connectivity, in, you know, generally seeing changes in culture and Mm -hmm. pop culture and how that interacts with the real world. They've also started a really good segment called How Mad Should I Be About This? Because, (laughs) you know, so many things happen in the world now and, you you know, you hear news and you're like, I think I'm supposed to be really outraged about this. Am I supposed to be really outraged about this? Is this a really bad thing? And then one of them goes away and researches about how how upset this thing how upsetting the ramifications of this thing are and how it affects other and people and how it affects other people yeah, yeah. anyway yeah. so that's my long long rant about apply all <laughs> please go listen to it it's really really excellent um I, I mean, everyone listening to this, I'm sure, has already listened to it because it's very, very popular. Well, I'm, I'll get onto it and let you know uh, in a couple of weeks. Anyway, we should now leave because <laughs> this has blown out. Into uh, a lengthy uh, episode. A lengthy episode, considering we didn't talk about Smallville all that much. <laughs> we probably won't talk about Smallville again. No, it's done. Okay, well, thank you so much for listening to us talk about Smallville this week. You can uh, rate, review, or subscribe. It'd be lovely to hear any feedback in terms of all shows that you'd like for us to give a listen to. Absolutely. We, you know, if we get enough suggestions, we could do a whole season of shows that neither of us have seen. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've, I've scheduled our posts. <laughs> It's very exciting. I'm trying the social media thing. So come find us there and tell me how bad I'm doing at social media. Or give me tips, <laughs> tips or tricks. Love Filters, to- suggestions. Yeah, anything, hashtags. anything you like. I will listen because I don't know how to internet. Thank you very much. We really appreciate you listening. Please tell a friend. Mm, thank you so much. Have a good week. Have a good week. Bye. I don't know. You're just doing that. Are you are you waiting for me? Yes. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I, I wasn't sure. Um, I'm cool. ready. Okay. Give I'm me. recording. Oh, <laughs> you've been recording since the sound. Yeah, I've been recording since I sat down. Oh my gosh. I'm just doing some social media while I'm waiting for you. Oh yeah, no, no I'm ready. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were... No, I was waiting for you to tell me that you were ready to go. Okay, sorry. Oh my gosh, I thought you were doing something else and I was just going to wait. Sorry, you've been waiting, sorry. I've been waiting for you to tell me that you're ready to go. I'm ready. Um, Okay. Okay, great. Uh. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 